This is the Zoom Pazuzi has been poured <gasps> in our individual home. And what candle are we using this evening, Witch? A Candle Lab candle that was created in collaboration with local hero and drag artist Nina West. Um, fantastic. Don't, it's called, uh, it was to benefit Project Zero Ohio. I think it's called Rainbow. Yes, the candle has been lit. Welcome to the Horror Salon. I am your co-host, Andemic. And I am your co-host, The Witch. Welcome to Season 1, the Season of Us finale episode. <laughs> Cemeteries. On location and everything. We took this shit show on the road. We absolutely did. So uh, I don't know when this was. A few weeks back now? Yeah. Yeah. We went to one of our favorite spots here in Columbus. You'll hear us a lot. Well, semi-live. It's not live for you, but it was live for us. (laughs) Um, You'll hear a recording of us on location um, here in just a little bit, talk a little bit about the history of the place that we're visiting, which I won't reveal. You'll have to stay tuned to figure out where we were. Um, but it's a lot of fun. We had so much fun doing that and we kind of wanted to give you something special for the season finale. So we thought what better than to be on location for something. Well, and, and, and also because it is the season finale, thank everybody, everyone who listens. Thank you. Thank you. You are allowing us, you're, you're giving us ears to two nerds sitting in a room talking about shit we love. Exactly. Thank you for that. We cannot thank you enough. Um, and we hope that you've been enjoying our chatter. We have certainly been enjoying this. So we're going to continue to do it and we hope you'll stick with us. Yeah. To Echo Andemic. This has been an awesome ride so far and it's been, you know, a brief few months of it. So we are so excited to buckle in for more and we just thank you so much for the support. So with that, should we introduce our final Pazoos of the season? <laughs> we should. What are you drinking this evening, Witch? Okay. So I wanted to be on theme with Cemetery in some sort of way, but I didn't know quite what to do. And I am in my house. Um, so I had to kind of be creative with what I have in my house. So I have created a drink called Death by December. (gasps) So what this drink is, um, is a Great Lakes Christmas Ale, which is notoriously one of my favorite beers that is on the market. Great Lakes Christmas Ale, go get yourself some, uh, especially if you're listening to this uh, in real time, we're in December right now. You absolutely should be drinking a Great Lakes Christmas ale every day. I'm just going to say that shit is for professionals because whew, it is no joke. <laughs> there was some, there was a flavor there that I, I liked and recognized, but then it um, stuck its foot directly in my ass. It does do that. But so I put a so I poured one Great Lakes Christmas ale in my lovely pint glass, and then I put a couple glugs of uh, OIO honeybean vanilla vodka into that Christmas ale to make it like this sweet, warm, but very I don't know spicy Christmas ale spicy. So like the sweet, warm, spicy beverage of delight 
So that is the witch's death by December. And it's and, com- you, and you made that up? I made it up. But it's a completely Ohio-based drink. Uh, you've got the Great Lakes Christmas Ale, which is a Cleveland staple. And then you've got the OIO Vanilla Bean Vodka, which is a Columbus, Ohio staple. So this is, a, this is an all-around wonderful, delicious little delight of sweetness and spice. That is a perfect homage to where we'll be taking them on location. Yes, it is. I, I don't know why. It just feels like it is. All right. Well, mine is, as usual, I think everyone's getting used to this, way simpler than that. <laughs> Especially since, again, um, due to COVID concerns, we are still in quarantine from each other. Um, so I'm left to my own devices over here. When I'm, when I'm in the basement, when I'm in our lair doing this, I drink what the witch gives me. But in my own home, all bets are off. So I am drinking, though, uh, it, it's, it, it's fitting. I am drinking a Krabby's uh, Original Alcoholic Ginger Beer in kind of in honor of some of the cool cemeteries um, I visited when I was in Scotland. Yeah. So, um, and I had one in my fridge. So I thought, great. Why not? Right. Why not? I'm going to talk about one, one cemetery there in particular that I think was, um, was pretty neat. So anyway, yes, Krabby's ginger beer. It might've been during our fairy tale episode. I can't remember, but you brought a Krabby's to the basement before to the lair. You're so, right. I did. We, this is a well-known Pazoo's of the horror salon. So you better get it in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So good. Those are our Pazuzas. That's what we're going to be washing down this episode with. They're a delight. We hope that you will join us um, in these libations as we kind of delve into cemeteries. Um, so before we get all to get off to the fun goodness of being on location and all of that, we thought it would be fun to just kind of talk about a little history behind cemeteries, some of our personal loves, um, some histories of the traditions that go behind, you know, burial and things like that. So we prepared a list of loves um, about cemeteries, and I'd love to hear what those are. Well, I mean, excuse me, honestly, it's it's pretty simple. Uh, I love going to cemeteries, any kind of cemetery. For the most part, I find them very peaceful. Um, I I feel like they're a a link to our past uh, and to our roots. Yes. And, you know, each grave represents a human that was alive on this planet and and left their own mark in whatever way that was. Um, I like thinking about that. Um, But I also, think that cemeteries are just a wonderful exhibition of sculpture sculpture and art agreed very um so it's you know it when you go into these cemeteries please act respectfully don't act like idiots and you know knock things over and you know i don't know why people do that but anyway go into them and just just go in quietly and let I, i don't know let the stones tell you their stories i I just love going. I, yeah. And I think that would be, I would echo echo that sentiment wholeheartedly um, for my loves of cemeteries. I, I think they're a really 
wonderful, peaceful place. They are, they're not really scary. I know a lot of people think of cemeteries and think of them as being really scary places because, I mean, obviously the, we, we bury our, our past there, but that's not necessarily what it's about. They're very peaceful. You can go to a cemetery at any time and you're probably not going to run into a lot of people. So it's actually a really great way to get outside, go for a walk, see some really cool history. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of these cemeteries, you know, might have, you know, local um, giants buried there, right? Absolutely. Kind of go and explore that side of things. A lot of these places, like you said, are set in actual parks uh, types of areas. So you've got trees and birds and mm-hmm water areas and so it's kind of like you're at a park in some sense um so it's just a really wonderful uh outdoor setting uh to kind of wander around and and uh explore so in my research on the history of the cemetery i think that segues a little really nicely into some of the stuff i found um but i'd be interested if you've heard of this endemic i found this author um, and I haven't read this book, but I am, I'm actually, I think I'm going to buy it. Um, he wrote this book called Cemeteries. Real easy to remember there. <laughs> um, but his name is Keith Egener. Okay. Heard of Keith Egener? I don't think I have. So it seems from everything I've found about him um, and I found like an interview with him on this book. Um, I think he has a TED talk, which I didn't have the time to watch, but I'm going to. Oh, um, yeah. I just I just looked that up. He does. So he seems to be kind of um, a historian of sorts on cemetery, uh, cemetery history. So I, I found that really fascinating. And I found a lot of the ideas he um he has really fascinating. Um, So just a couple things that he points out about the history of cemeteries. So the concept of the cemetery in, in America um, really didn't take off until the, I'd say early to mid 1800s is when you really see cemeteries start popping up widespread across America. Um, And he kind of talks a little bit about how the reason for that is that our society decided that we needed to have a physical separation of the living and the dead. Because before those, that 18... hundreds movement of having these bigger cemeteries there were burial grounds but they were typically in churchyards places Mm -hmm. were in city centers and so there wasn't really a physical separation of the living and the dead because of that um and a lot of times especially in that time period a lot of people died of disease and sometimes really horrific disease and so these burial grounds were seen as like these harbingers of disease. Um, And they could be really dangerous for people to kind of gather in and visit. And so there was really this movement to create spaces that were specifically for the burial of the deceased. And so that's where the cemetery tradition um, kind of comes into play. And you start to see cemeteries popping up in more rural areas, close to town, but a little bit removed. And the express purpose is to kind of bury the deceased in these areas. Um, So I thought that was a really cool idea of separating the living and the dead. 
And so he kind of went down that rabbit hole a little bit for me, which I always appreciate. (laughs) Um, And so he kind of goes into this really interesting conversation about how by removing them from city centers and towns, the living had to make a conscious decision to enter the realm of the dead. They didn't have to face it in their day to day. Oh, wow. Isn't that just eye opening? (laughs) Yeah, it is. I was like, yeah. And he starts to talk a little bit about, and this is why I have to purchase this book because he only talked a little bit about it because I was finding these interviews and things. And so he doesn't go into too much detail, but he starts talking about the grandiose gateways of cemeteries that you often find as separating the living and the dead. And that really is a tradition in the older cemeteries that you'll find these big wrought iron gates, yeah. and, you know, signs and stonework and really interesting stuff here. And so there's kind of that psychological factor of, you know, you have to be in a certain headspace to go and visit. And if you don't go and visit, there is a part of you that might be able to block out that very human um, fear of death. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting conversation. And then, (laughs) wow. Yeah, that is, that's fascinating. It's just mind blowing. And then he goes into talking about how, and then when these cemeteries were created, um, they were created as almost, so to speak, a city of the dead. Um, and they were modeled after, American cities and towns, because if you think about it, most American cities and towns are modeled on a grid structure of some mm-hmm. sort. And if you go to a cemetery, they're modeled on grids. You get maps, there are grids, there are plots. That's how cemeteries are marked. So it's almost this exact mirror of city life, but in a burial ground. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, And the last thing I'll say that I read from him um, is this idea that these concepts that I just talked about are really common in older cemeteries of the 19th century. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously, we continue to, you know, create cemeteries because we are an increasing population, right? We need more space. Mm -hmm. Um, And the newer cemeteries that are, have been created in the 20th, 21st century, um, they don't necessarily have all these same elements that we're talking about. In fact, one of the things I found most interesting is that they're not even called cemeteries a lot of the times. They're called memorial parks. Mm-hmm. The older cemetery was a place where you recognized that this was the space of the dead and you consciously went there. Um, and it was almost a spiritual experience a lot of the time. And also mm-hmm. to kind of what we just talked about, it was often a destination experience. And yes. They would go, like we said, for the natural settings. They'd often have events at cemeteries, you know, and walks and all sorts of like just public events at cemeteries because they were like parks and that's how they were designed. And now at these newer memorial parks, the focus isn't really necessarily on, you know, death or even this kind of recreational piece. It's more on, um, memorializing those that are buried in the cemetery. And so you don't necessarily get the same um, energy at these memorial parks. They're often very deserted um, because they're not 
built in kind of a park-like way. They're just kind of open spaces of land with some grave markers. Um, and you see a lot of the headstones and things like that with pictures on them, talking about the life of the person that is buried in that plot. Um, whereas in the older cemeteries, you don't necessarily get a lot of that. Um, so I just found that conversation to be really interesting and something that I'm going to have to think about. And then also a book that I'm going to be purchasing. That is fascinating. And that just put me to mind um, or put to my mind this newer concept in, and I'm, I'm guessing it's newer. I haven't done a, uh, any research on this, but the memorial parks that are basically prairie and you can be buried um, in a pod uh, with a tree and you can, you know, you go back to the land. Yeah. Um, and there's a really, uh, really beautiful, um, what is it? The, the St. Kateri Tekakwithwa. I, I, I'm butchering that and I apologize. Um, she's the patron saint of the environment and she, there's a, a sculpture of her that stands at the, the entrance to this and it's in Dayton. Um, um and, and it's near, it's, it's near the cemetery, like the, the cemetery proper, but it's a, a new section. And there are no headstones. Um, basically, you can get a memorial boulder or have a brick put into a, a wall, uh, a natural stone. It's, it's fascinating. There's people buried there uh, just everywhere, but they're under the prairie. They become part of the landscape. I love that. Yeah. Concept of eco-burial. And I almost feel like not to yes. weird specifics, but I almost feel like that's how I want to go. Yeah. I want to be turned into a tree. I want to be stuffed and scare the shit out of people in front of some decrepit old house. Yeah. Just weatherproof me and I'm good. That's <laughs> 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 so where I couldn't think of, of that eco burial. Um, that is what it, what it was like, but it was, it was just fascinating and it, all the pollinators. And so it was, it was giving life yeah. in okay. death. I fantastic. I love that so much. All right. So with that, um, we are going to take you on location, um, to one of our favorite cemeteries here in Columbus, Ohio, Greenlawn Cemetery. Uh, appropriate first stop. And uh, because that is where the horror salon was born. Hey, monsters, it's the wit. Hey, it's endemic. We are coming at you today from Greenlawn Cemetery. The birthplace of the horror salon podcast. It is the birthplace. It is. It's a sp we figured it being our very last episode of the season, why not return to where the brainchild <laughs> was birthed. Oh brainchild's God. awfully uh, generous. Yeah, it is a little generous, isn't it? Just the child probably the is child. better. The child, <laughs> just the child. Um, so yeah, we thought it would be fun to kind of come at you live. Well, again, we're live. We're live. You're- Surrounded by dead. Surrounded by dead. Oh, well, a couple birds. We got some birds going on. Yeah. A uh, duck, I think I heard a duck. Um, <laughs> speaking of ducks, <laughs> Where are we at Greenlawn right now? Um, there's this beautiful kind of nature 
central area of the cemetery. We'll get into a little bit more background on Green Lawn here in a bit, but yeah. um, there's this very natural setting in the center of the cemetery where we are sitting right now overlooking this gorgeous pond um, on these beautiful steps that are overlooking the pond and the mausoleum kind of center. So we yeah. thought, what a beautiful setting to kind of talk to that monster. Well, and since you just brought it up, I'll just go ahead and tell you this yeah. pond or pit, sometimes people call it. Uh, it was the quarry, it used to be a quarry um, that they used in the late 1800s um, up to the 1920s um, to m like harvest the stone for the graves. That's amazing. So, um, oh wait, not the graves. Oh my God. For the roads. Oh, for the roads. The cemetery roads. Oh my gosh. Oh, I got graves me. on the brain. You got graves on the brain. And the water in there is from an underground aquifer. Oh, how neat. And they keep it in its natural state because, I don't know if any of you know this, but uh, Greenland Cemetery is a bird sanctuary. It is indeed. And that's one of the reasons why I think we've gravitated towards this place yeah. so much is that not only is it a cemetery, um, but it is also, I would almost categorize it as a natural park. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is well known to have all sorts of birds, all sorts of different species of trees. Over 150 species, species of trees. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, apparently there are seven state champion trees. Oh, that's cool. Here? Where are those? I don't We're know. We're going to have to find them. We're going to have to find them. But it's just a very beautiful serene place um, and very peaceful as you can imagine it because is. it's a cemetery so um, I think that's why we kind of gravitated towards mm -hmm. it in the first place and um, it was probably the history with it, it um, we would meet here kind of in this open air right I'm um, looking area. at where we used to meet it's mm -hmm. right uh, by the ore yes. uh, stone right by the the pond yes and we would have we'd bring our little picnic this was back when it wasn't getting dark at 4 30 p.m yeah um and we would have our dinner and we would just chat all things horror salon mm -hmm. so it is awesome to come full circle today well and i guess we should give a shout out to the reason we first reason we parked here um okay so i'll, I'll back up just a little bit uh -huh. um this horror salon podcast it's named after um, a gathering I like to do with friends called, I, I just called it the horror salon because I'm pretentious that way. Uh, that. And I'm an artist, so you know the salon. The salon. But so I, I would invite friends over and then it, it just grew from there where we would watch a double feature, have themed food, and now it's grown to we all host it. Um, but we hadn't been able to get together in so long that we decided um, we need to meet at cemeteries and do cemetery walks. Yes. And instead of doing movies and things like that, we're doing this. So the reason we're sitting where we are here, though, is because pretty much everyone in our group has a connection to James Thurber. Yes. And James Thurber is buried just to, uh, to our left uh, with the whole uh, family. So that's basically why here. Yeah. Um, and it just so happened that that was right next to this gorgeous. Right next. Yes. It's just uh, this beautiful setting. little scene right here. Um, we kind of found it, I guess, by accident because this cemetery is huge. So once you learn how to get to Thurber's grave, that's just where you go. You don't venture anywhere else. No, you meet in there. Fact, we have a friend. <laughs> We have a friend who shall name, remain nameless who once told me to park at the flagpole. Oh. Well, in case, 
In case you didn't know, there are about 25 flagpoles. In uh, <laughs> but, you know, we just saw the one flagpole. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. I love boy. it so much. So let's dive into a little history, shall we? Yeah, let's. Of Greenlawn. Yeah. Um, so I know Andemic did a ton of research, uh, and she was way more <laughs> um, prepared for this than I was. But I do know that Greenlawn Cemetery the, so it was a thought in 1848. Um, so some folks got together and said, hey, we need a much larger mm-hmm. cemetery than we currently have. Because at the time in Columbus, um, the kind of city center was concentrated um, where current Columbus's downtown is. But if you are from Columbus or have been to Columbus, it was more concentrated in the Franklinton area. Right. So that would be around where the coast Kosai is currently, for those of you more familiar with the city. Um, and there are cemeteries there, but they weren't very big. So there are, it was peppered with smaller cemeteries. Also, for mm-hmm. those of us in Columbus, we know this, that area is a floodplain. Mm-hmm. So even if there were folks buried there, it wasn't necessarily the most um, convenient right. places for a cemetery to exist. So these folks got together recognizing all of that. This is also a time where cholera was rampant in right. the city. So yes. unfortunately, more and more folks were dying of that disease. And so they just knew that they needed a lot more land. And so that is why they decided that the Green Lawn Cemetery needed to happen. Now, that was when the thought occurred. Um, the cemetery did not open and did not have its first burial until July of 1849. So it took about a year mm-hmm. for the cemetery to actually open. Um, but when it did, um, I have to tell you, it is it has turned into kind of one of the most beautiful places it is. here in central Ohio. It is. And isn't it now the second largest cemetery in the state? I yes. think that's right. I believe so. Over 150,000 graves, right? Yes. I know that there are, I think it's even over 154,000 graves. And I I couldn't quite find um, specifics on this, but I believe in my research, the only larger cemetery here in Ohio is Spring Grove, which is in the Cincinnati area. And why have we not gone there yet? We need to, because I found pictures and it is beautiful. Okay, done. Beautiful. And Um, then Lakewood will do. Yes. Yeah. The, the yeah, base, do the a three loop. C's, yep. the three C's. Three C's. Um, so one of the other interesting things I found is that when they decided they were going to build Green Lawn Cemetery, instead of having kind of just like you're in a run-of-the-mill city planner, uh, they actually uh, contracted a landscape gardener, right. Howard Daniels. And the reason for this is, and I did not know any of this, so I found this fascinating, but at that time, Um, there was something called the rural cemetery movement. So what what was happening was all these cemeteries that were in city centers, they were very, you know, small, as I said, but they were so concentrated because of that. Mm -hmm. And so there was a ton of interments um, right next to each other. You see all the gravestones right next to each other. The plots of land were very small. They weren't landscaped. And so this rural cemetery movement was really this um, effort to take the cemetery out of the city center, Mm -hmm. move it to a more kind of serene, peaceful, rural, I'll put that in quotes because it's not, it's not necessarily off into the countryside. Right, no. But it was like, you know, a couple miles out of the city center. And that was a very um, deliberate, I think, because they still wanted people to be able to visit. And so they wanted it within 
reasonable walking distance from the city center, but they didn't want it to be kind of downtown. Well, a little illustration of that is I believe I read that one of the cemeteries was where the North Market sits now. Oh. That they moved... Um, they moved the the graves apparently not all of them there's there's a haunting at north market but they moved them here when this was built oh that's very interesting and for those of you unfamiliar the north market sits in a very highly concentrated area yeah like right downtown yeah pretty much so that that's really cool yeah that's really cool um So yeah, so as part of this rural cemetery movement, like I said, they wanted it out of the city center. And then the other thing was they wanted it to be more like a park, kind Mm -hmm. of like what we're talking about. So they wanted trees, they wanted landscaping, they wanted kind of natural pathways, and they wanted it to be a place, not only that was serene for the folks that come to lay to rest here, but that was someplace inviting for family Mm -hmm. members to come and visit their deceased and they did that a lot they would yes. come have picnics on uh, sundays at the graves of their loved ones and yes so um it was put to good use that way it was yeah. it absolutely was and now as you heard Andemic mention this is a you know an area where many birders come mm-hmm. it has over 150 species of trees so it has really kind of flourished because of that yeah. movement into something much bigger than just a cemetery here in yeah. campus. And it's uh, it's very well well taken care of. I think oh. they have a robust volunteer operation. I think so uh, And you can adopt graves to, to take care of, especially some of the older ones <coughs> who are kind of uh, lost to time a little bit. Yes. So it's, it's well kept, it's beautiful. Um, it, uh, highly recommend. Highly um, recommend if you're in the be area. Be respectful when you come, take a walk. Um, yeah. Yeah. And 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 might I also suggest take a walk, but be very <laughs> aware of your surroundings yes. because I've gotten lost in this cemetery. Oh my gosh. Numerous times because of how huge it is. Um, I think I actually were the, it's 360 yeah. acres. So <laughs> you will get lost. Well, yes, I did the the time the salon did come here. I'm like, "Oh, the car's right over there." Oh yeah. And the car was like 6 miles away. Yeah, <laughs> it was. We ended up in this very strange area. <laughs> Might I add near a flagpole? Yes, one of the 500 flagpoles. It was uh <laughs> it was great. It was great. Um so yeah, so that's a little history um behind the the Green Lawn Cemetery, but we did not just want to give you just a run of the mill. No, history. I mean, obviously. I mean, Although I am going to tell you the first burial. Oh, yes, please. Um, the first burial was a child, A.F. Perry, uh, who died on July 7th, 1849. And then um, the second burial was Dr. Benjamin F. Gard, uh, who died from cholera there on July go. 12th. 1849 and he was one of the doctors responding to the cholera outbreak at the ohio penitentiary um so yeah he was the second burial oh my goodness cholera man cholera cholera now we're here talking (laughs) during covid it's great oh my god (laughs) everything's great everything's fine everybody okay yeah yeah okay so That was really good. Yeah, <laughs> We're go. all going to die. We're all going to die. Everything, everything is, comes full circle, doesn't it? <laughs> all right. So I think we shall get to the haunting, shall we? Yeah. Um, it's not, it doesn't seem to be super scary haunted history. And yeah. a lot of it is speculative. Um, 
I didn't find a lot of, um, and, and to be honest, I didn't delve too deep because I don't like to be influenced yes. when I come to places like this um, by uh, like horror stories or, you know, whatever. But there don't seem to be many from this place. Just some, uh, uh, I don't know, what's the word? Um, sightings? Sightings, residual hauntings, um, playful hauntings, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I don't know why we didn't know this. We've been coming to this cemetery so many times and we so didn't know times. these things. No. Um, so, let's talk about Hayden Mausoleum first. Let's talk about Hayden Mausoleum. Yeah. Now, I will say, Hayden Mausoleum is gorgeous. Yes. It's probably, if I'm being very honest, my most loved um kind of structure here yeah and we can um, see it right from where we're sitting we can sitting. see it from where we're sitting it's just gorgeous it's very regal it's got this kind of scalloped um dome is it like terracotta it looks like it yes so it's like this terracotta dome it's marble it's got uh i know that bluish the aqua blue material isn't that it's probably copper probably yeah yes, weathered probably copper. copper yeah so it's this very regal, lavish, beautiful mausoleum, and it's huge. It was like, de designed by a really prominent architect named Frank Packard. Yes. He, he had designed a couple things here. It's, it's, it's gorgeous, and it's right near the, the lush landscape as well. So, mm -hmm. um, so apparently, so I've always been drawn to that building just because of how beautiful it is architecturally, and I think many people who visit are drawn to that building for the same exact reason. However... In our research, we came to find that that building is actually also one of the most haunted buildings here at Green Lawn Cemetery. Mm -hmm. At least that's the one that most people who come to search for ghosts here cite as being a haunted location. And so the story behind that, and Demick may have found a little bit more in her research than I did, but the story is, is that if you approach the Hayden Mausoleum and you knock on the door and you wait, You'll hear someone from the inside knock back. That's what I heard. That is what I heard. I also heard that if um, if it's particularly active, uh, something a little more substantial may manifest. Oh, that you can see. That you can the see. sighting mm -hmm. rather than just a... Yes. Heat. That's fantastic. Um, now, I have never tried this. I haven't either, and, and we're going to. We're going to try it. We're going yeah. to see if that actually occurs. But I think it's a really cool story nonetheless for a very yeah. beautiful building that is here absolutely um, so that's that was what i found in my research i also found that the main chapel yes is haunted but that is all i could find i couldn't find any additional information on that i didn't either um tin chapel um it was also designed by frank packard um in the classic roman style if you will uh and it was dedicated on november 11th 1902 Awesome. Um, but what's cool in there, uh, you have to go in there. It's super cool. Uh, it has a really cool rotunda. I said cool like 50 times in that just Because you think it's so cool. I mean, make a drinking game right now, uh, horror nerds. How Take many times shot. does Andemic say cool? Take a shot. Oh, my God. Um, you have to take a shot of Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> Some of the stained glass in there and a couple of mosaics um, were designed by Tiffany's in oh, New York. Oh, really? Yeah. Tiffany & Co. Yeah, so that is a lavish um, ass. <laughs> lavish chapel. ass chapel. Um, and it's, I think there are about 100 or 200 people in there, somewhere in there. Um, and the oh, former Ohio governor that Rhodes Tower is named after mm -hmm. uh, is buried in there, James Rhodes. 
Um, oh, how neat. So, so yeah. yeah, there are a lot of really cool, if you're a Columbus history buff, if you're a local listener and you're a Columbus history buff, or let's say you're not local and you're just like a history buff and you like some really cool Ohio figures, there yeah. are a lot of cool people buried in this cemetery. Yeah, James mm-hmm. Thurber, Eddie Rickenbacker. Yep. Uh, is it Alice Scheel? S-C-H-I-L-L-E. Would it be Scheel? Sheila? I think, I think. Uh, Max yes and Irma. Both. Okay, yes. If I say yes to both, I'm not wrong. Nope, right. you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Schrodinger's witch, we'll yeah. call that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not right or wrong. Um, Max and Irma. <gasps> of Max and Irma's? Of Max and Irma's. Oh, I love that. Delicious breadsticks and salads and buffalo uh, the chicken. The best chicken tortilla soup that has ever been oh, made. Oh, that is a bold claim. It is so good. Mm. I used to have a friend who would who worked at Max and Irma's uh-huh. and would give us bags of the chicken tortilla soup. Oh, for... Oh. Because they come in the package. Yeah. And then you cut it and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sorry about that. You know, like kids. the slap the bag of the Franzia wine that they used to do in college. We would do a slap the tortillas. <laughs> oh my God. You know who else is buried here? Uh, George H. Bush's grandparents. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's The president's grandparents. I didn't know there were any Ohio ties there. Are there? Yeah. Like they were well, from Ohio? They were, yeah, yeah. I think wow. so. I mean, why else would they be here? Probably, right? I guess, yeah. Unless they thought it was a fantastic vacation spot. And uh, a man to which we all owe a major debt of gratitude, Alexander Livingston, he bred the commercialized tomato. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, my. I have a lot of gratitude for you, sir. Like um, (laughs) spaghetti, Uh pizza. Yeah. uh, All the things. Bruschetta. Bloody Mary for you, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> a Bloody Mary. So delicious. Okay, so yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, we've got a long laundry list of folks that are... Yeah, the there are a lot of politicians, uh, Civil War, prominent Civil War figures. Yeah. Uh, Ohio, prominent in Ohio Civil War figures. Um, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't write down the whole list because you can go and you find that for on, yourself. Yeah, you yeah. can go. Wikipedia is a beautiful thing. Okay, so the other uh, grave here that has some significance to people, it's one of the ones people visit and put things on, mm-hmm. uh, is George Georgie Blunt. Okay. Uh, he died on February 14th, 1873, and he was only five years old. Um, he fell over a banister in his home and oh. hit his head on a, like one of those heavy iron stoves oh, uh, and wow. ended up dying. Um, and he... he his father was the quartermaster colonel uh, in the uh, during the Civil War. Um, so there is apparently a ghost that fits his description <coughs> who has been seen um, sitting on the steps or nearby Hayden mausoleum. I don't I don't know that people know for sure that it is him, but that is the speculation. Is he near? Is his grave near? <coughs> he. Um, actually, probably not far. He's over on the other side of the chapel. Okay. So, um... So he's just having a little meander. Maybe he's having a meander, you know. They're also, um... But the small boy who, uh, died from cholera, Mm -hmm. the first burial, Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's him. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. But, um, there's also... Uh, people have been walking in here and they'll hear 
uh, behind them, somebody go, I'm behind you, and like a child's voice, and then they'll turn around. And no one's there. And no one's there. So whether it's Georgie or whether it's this A.F. Perry or another, or another you know, child. unidentified child, there are a lot of children buried here. Yes. Um, so. Which I just found out today that there are like several children areas. Yeah, uh, lullaby land and a couple of baby rests. That's, I mean, and honestly, it is big enough that, and that's something that I don't think we mentioned is that, and I, I mean, Maybe all cemeteries are, are kind of created in the same way, but it feels as though there are sections to the cemetery that are very distinct sections of the cemetery. Yes. Um, you've got older sections, which are very distinct from more modern sections, and they're kind of divided. You've got military sections, which are a little bit more divided. Mm -hmm. um, you do definitely have family plots, and some of them more distinct than others. Yes. Um, there's also a cremation island. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's on the map. I had yeah. no clue. See, there are places, we've been here umpteen times, mm -hmm. and there are places that we have not discovered. Yet. There are, and we, we've walked at least the roads all through like this all place. But yeah, but it, it's just so rich with history and, um, and beauty. Absolutely. Okay, is. so there's Georgie. Georgie. Um, and then the other one I found, uh, that he said to roam the area. His name is Dr. James Howard Snook. Okay. Um, he's buried in section 87. I guess I should say Georgie is buried in section X. Yes. Uh, uh, lot three, I believe is what it was. Um, and James Howard Snook's grave was apparently kept secret for a lot of years. Uh, like 75 years, as a matter of fact, because of the nature of what he did. Uh, he murdered uh, uh, his lover. Oh. Um, and so anyway, they they kept it secret maybe because they didn't want people to vandalize it or whatever. Sure. But he is, uh, he's buried here, section 87. And the tombstone reads only James Howard, 1879 oh. to 1930. Um, there is a way to get to it. <laughs> you look for the Allen tombstone and walk straight back. <laughs> very specific. And it's next to the tree just in front of the stone burner. Stone burner stone. Okay. Stone burner stone. Anyway, so he was actually executed on February 28th, 1930 in the electric chair at the Ohio Penitentiary. The penitentiary? Yeah. Oh, wow. So he uh, was a prominent veterinarian, uh, veterinary sciences professor at Ohio State University. He was a horse surgeon. Um, he even had a couple of gold medals for pistol shooting. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Uh, and he was very well respected. Uh, but he had a secret. He was having an affair with a student. <gasps> and her name was Theora Hicks. And so they had the affair. And eventually he rented an apartment on Hubbard mm -hmm. um, to kind of keep her there so they could have a permanent place to have a liaison yeah. whenever they wanted. And she apparently was no angel either and had other lovers and wow. would tell him, you need to work on your sexual prowess and this other person satisfies me way more. Oh. And here are some books. What? Here are some books to, to she, read. She to, pulled the books out on she him. She pulled the books out on him. Oh, no. You know, he later testified. He's like, well, we, we met each other's needs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So long story short, they... 
she had a pistol too and they would go shooting um there was a shooting range that they would go to and at one point her body ended up being found near that shooting range oh not suspicious at all. not suspicious at all Wonder, so what were you doing howard yeah uh excuse me sir but he reading those books <laughs> <laughs> clearly well, not clearly not Howard yeah so it was it was ended up pretty tumultuous so and that was the the outcome um apparently he hit her on the head with a ball peen hammer uh always with the hammers I know Come what the on. hell <laughs> uh he attempted they, they eventually found blood in his car and everything so it was pretty clear that he had done it um later he said to have um confessed to the warden at the Ohio Pen, but there is speculation that maybe that was fabricated by the warden, oh. but who knows? But anyway, and told the entire story of what he did, and that um, the murder was a logical and inevitable conclusion to a convenient arrangement. Oh, God. I mean, come on. He sounds like a f- loser. Loser. Totes lose. Oh my god. Um so anyway, yes, he was he was executed. There was a short service for him at King Avenue Methodist Church. <clears throat> and he was given a private burial here. Uh so he his ghost is said to be wandering the grounds. Um but I didn't find anything more substantial more anything than, that. than that. That he's just around. Yeah, that Which, he's I just mean, sort of around. If you imagine the tumultuous uh, history that he has, those, yeah. in my opinion, at least, are the most likely to. I be mean, if you're already around. kind of a piece of shit, you know, yeah, still you, around here. Those are the ones that stick around. Christ. Um, well, those are cool. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's not a huge, you know, laundry list of things happening here, but a couple of really neat folklorish kind of tales. Absolutely. Uh, from the city we love. Yes, the city we adore. Stitch that on a pillow. Stitch that on a pillow. <laughs> I hope that. You've enjoyed uh, our walk through, well, really our sit at (laughs) (laughs) uh, Green Lawn Cemetery. I encourage you to uh, look up Green Lawn, learn some of the history yourself. Yeah. Um, And maybe tell us something we missed. Yeah, because I'm sure we did. It's just so rich. You can only, yeah. Look at that little family of ducks. Oh. Oh, they're swimming in a circle. Oh, I love them. (laughs) Um. So, yeah, so I encourage you, they have a fantastic website too. So I just encourage they do, you to yeah, check it's a great website. out. And, and if you're in the Columbus, Ohio area, you need to get yourself here immediately. And please act respectful. Don't break in after dark. Oh yeah, no. Just please be respectful of these places. Be, re- be very respectful. With that, we're gonna kick it back to the studio. Uh, back to your studio. Back to your studio. <laughs> All right, thanks monsters. We hope you enjoyed that on-location segment. It was our very first, um, and we had a lot of fun doing it, and we hope you learned a little something. Um, and if you just, I'll say this now, if you have any uh, requests where you might like to see us or hear us, I suppose, go on location, send us a message. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, some of our favorites, uh, favorite cemeteries we've been to, places we want to go. And I think my all-time favorite cemetery um, was in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, Actually, it was in Danvers, Massachusetts, which is right there near Salem. And it's the Rebecca Nurse Homestead uh, Private 
family burial. And it sits on the Rebecca Nurse homestead. And, and anybody who knows anything about the Salem witch trials uh, ha- has heard the name Rebecca Nurse. Absolutely. She was accused of, of being a witch. Originally, she was found innocent. And then um, I think the, the judge asked them to, to reconsider. I don't know, to reconsider. But she ended up being hanged. And um, secretly, some of her family members took her body. She was originally put in a shallow grave by the gallows. They went and snuck her body out and brought her back to the homestead. So she is, she is buried there on the property. Uh, and so is George Jacobs, who was another victim of the um, witch trials. But first in getting in getting to the to the homestead, you uh, have to go and see the Salem Village Witchcraft Victims Memorial. I, I can't describe. It was electric. I cannot describe what that felt like there. Um, just knowing the injustice that was and, and torture that was heaped on on these mostly women, but some men, yeah. um, by religious zealots. Uh, it was sobering to say the least. Um, but then you go and you you go to this 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 homestead and it's beautiful, and we were there kind of near um, near dusk. It was just starting to to get a little dark, and you have to walk down onto the back of the property uh, to get to the little cemetery. And as we were, I, I think it was either a fox or a coyote came out of the woods stopped and stared at us and then walked back into the woods. It was just, it was such a unique experience. So you go back there and you see her grave and George Jacobs. And then there were some, um, there are some monuments to some of the other people who were, who were murdered uh, during the trials. But just, I don't know. I cannot describe what that felt like to be there. um, Knowing that 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 is such a brutal piece of our history. Um, and these people that you think of as fiction because they're in fictionalized stories exactly. about the, the trials. And these were real people. Exactly. And you're standing, you know, at their grave site. And mm-hmm. So it is a place you can visit. But it's a private cemetery. Did you have to make an appointment? No, no. I, it's private in the sense that it was the family burial plot. Oh, I see. I- um, yeah, it's just part of the homestead. And uh, the house was closed and all of the outbuildings... All of those were closed, but we were allowed to to wander on the property. Oh, so awesome. we were allowed to go back down to the to the cemetery. But if you're ever over that way, um, I highly recommend it. Um, it's 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 really fascinating. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll give you one of my favorites then. Yeah. Um, I recently discovered this cemetery, and it very quickly um, catapulted to the top of my list. Um, Brown Pet Cemetery, and that is here in Columbus, Ohio as well. Um, it is a hidden gem here in Columbus, Ohio. So if you are from Ohio and more specifically from the Columbus area or central Ohio area, I recommend heading over to Brown Pet Cemetery. Now, I'll say it's not huge, um, and it's not ornate like some of these cemeteries that you see. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is tucked away. It's very close to John Glenn Airport. 
And so it's kind of, it's tucked away in there. Um, you actually, we drove past it several times. We couldn't find it. We were convinced it wasn't there, but then we kind of just like looked off to our right and we're like, whoa, wait a minute, that, there are tombstones in there. Um, that's where we we're supposed to be. So there's not like a parking lot. There's a little patch where you can kind of pull off and park. Um, but walking through there, like I said, it's a pet cemetery. So it's all pets there. Um, but it's just this very natural setting. It's like in the forest almost. Um, and it's beautiful. And it's it's one of those experiences where it's like, this is incredibly sad because, you know, I'm an animal lover. We all know that by now. Um, so it's incredibly sad to an extent, but it's also beautiful because these people created this place to memorialize their their pets, you know? The, yeah. Just kind of walking around and taking a look at some of the gravestones and the names of the different dogs and cats. Uh, and it's just this really cool experience. Also, if you're there, you get to see a lot of planes landing, which is kind of <laughs> Which I love that. That, yeah. You're like, whoa, that was close. Uh, <laughs> oh, which side of the airport? It, I, I'm trying to picture where that might be. I don't know where that is. So if you, if you, do you know where the airport golf course is? Did yes. You, it is uh, on the same road as the airport golf course. In fact, it's right next to it. There's like the air, it's Sawyer Road. I had no idea. Yeah, it's right across. There's a, um, it's, it's like an American Legion or something. Yeah. Right across the street from that. Oh, there's like a little, it looks like a little teeny park down in there, right? The Pet Cemetery. Wow, I had no idea that's what that was. And it's beautiful. It's a wonderful space. So, um, highly recommend if you're in the area, uh, it's a little hidden gem, I would say, and it's a brief visit. It, it doesn't take any time to kind of walk through the whole thing, but it's really nice. Well, you know what? That, that's fascinating. And that is a perfect segue into one that I was going to mention next, which um, is actually uh, in Edinburgh Castle in Scotland. And uh, it's right off their, the main path up, up in the castle. It's a small garden space and it holds um, the soldier's dog cemetery that dates all the way back to 1837. Um, and you, you have to look over the wall and it's just this, this little patch of, of land that, that holds these, um, these graves of the, of the dogs who, who lived in the castle. Oh. Um, yeah, and apparently that space, because of the way it sticks out, they think it might have been at one point a medieval tower, but the tower was gone, so it was just a, like a grassy area. Queen, Queen Victoria, she came to the British throne in 1901, and her reign, there were several cultural traits that went along with her reign, and one of the biggest was an appreciation of pets and companion animals. So it makes sense. Um, that these dogs, usually uh, people buried on castle grounds, uh, were soldiers or royalty. Yeah. Um, and so that, that tells you how important the animals were to them. Um, so it was, I, we had no idea what it was when we looked over and we saw a name. I think there was a name like Scamp. And I'm like, wait, what is that? Um, turns out it's, uh, there's, there's about 20 headstones. Uh, some of them have engravings, some of them don't. Uh, the earliest one that you can read is from 1881, um, a dedication to Jess, 
who was the band pet of the Black Watch 42nd Royal Highlanders. And the youngest headstone commemorates Winkle, uh, who died in 1980 and was the dear and faithful friend of Lady Gow and the governor. So I, I don't know, I, I, it would never have occurred to me that that was a thing. And there it was, and it was very, very cool. Yeah, I don't know what it is with pet cemeteries. I honestly thought I would be so miserable in a pet cemetery because I would be just mm -hmm. incredibly distraught. But it was actually, like we talked about earlier, very peaceful. Um, I don't know. Uh, I won't name really any one particular one, but if you are a lover of cemeteries, by all means, go to Boston. They are plentiful and they are all full of character and just amazing to look at. Um, the one I will say is the Granary Burial Ground. Um, it's kind of in between some buildings, like in the city. Um, Paul Revere is buried there. Uh, which was kind of cool to see. And there are some signers of the Declaration of Independence in there. Samuel Adams, you know what, have a Sam Adams and go uh, go say hi, I guess. Um, the victims of the Boston Massacre in there. Uh, there are just some really cool, really cool cemeteries. King's Chapel, you can do a Bells and Bones tour. And we went down into the crypt um, underneath the church. And there, there's a crack in one of the walls into one of the crypts you get to actually look in. Oh, that's cool. see, yeah, I, it was uh, very cool. I, Boston just, I mean, it, obviously it's full of history. Uh, and that whole concept of cemeteries being in the city centers, uh, they're still there. Yeah. Um, so um, check, check out Boston. One other one I'll say you should definitely go to, and you'll love this one, uh, which Baltimore to Edgar Allan, po Edgar Allan Poe's gravesite. Yes. Uh, have you been there? I haven't, but I saw it on a list. Yes. Uh, we, we sought it out the last time we were in Baltimore. Uh, we went to Edgar Allan Poe's house and um, then we went and found the gravesite. Uh, it's pretty, pretty, pretty excellent. Um, definitely something to seek out. Um, go ahead. I was just saying I have to do that. I have to pay homage to like my, you do my father. That's my father. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, you, you know, you're walking through through a cemetery, you're looking at the graves and you see um, pictures carved on there and you don't necessarily like what, why is that there? Why is there a beehive or why is there uh, a clover? What, what do these things mean? Um, well, I have this handy dandy list uh, that I found um, and we can talk about some of them. Uh, is there any that you want to know about that may be on this list, which? Have, has anyone seen the graves? that look like they are wooden, but they're carved out of stone, like the logs. Tree-shaped. Yes. Possible membership with the modern woodman of America or woodman of the world. And they say that. I don't know what that is. We should probably look that up. Look that and up. if it's a tree stump, um, that is symbolism of life cut short or sudden death. Same thing if you see a broken pillar, like maybe you see an angel leaning against a broken pillar, that symbolizes uh, life cut short, um, gone too soon. But if you see a full pillar, that means they had a full life. What? Yeah. Uh, if you ever see a thistle, um, a sorrow and remembrance, um, and potential uh, Scottish ancestry, which that makes sense, a skull, uh, death, and mortal remains. 
um, a pineapple, if you see a pineapple on somebody's grave, it can either mean prosperity or hospitality. A mortar and pestle, uh, that could mean that they were in the medical profession. Uh, an anchor or a sextant could have been a sailor, a mariner of some sort. A handshake, and that is the welcoming, is meant to symbolize the welcoming of a soul into heaven. Benches, tons of benches. Tons of benches. Um, they, they represent mourning and contemplation, a place to sit and contemplate. Well, I was assuming just the loved ones were like, I, I'm going to need a breather. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you ever see an acorn, that is a, a symbol of prosperity. Yeah. A sphinx, honor, power, and courage. Okay. I was recently at a um, cemetery that had two sphinxes on the side of this big mm. mausoleum. And I was, I was like, that's, I'd not seen that before. Yeah. Cur courage, honor, and power. We need to take that list on our cemetery adventure. We really do. We really do. Um, and we really need to take our adventure across the whole entire United States. Agreed. Agreed. <sighs> because you've been to some really cool cemeteries that I have not been to. And I uh, to yeah. Have you been to New Orleans? No, and I need to. Oh, which? I know. Because that's like amazing. So actually, this is a really nice segue into our next um segment which is places we want to visit um i and i don't know why i don't have any cemeteries from new orleans on this list i just picked four that i really want to visit um but i do want to visit new orleans cemetery that's st louis number one that's yes. that's the big the popular one um yeah. it was pretty outstanding yeah i really want to go mm -hmm. um but so on my list, so I only have four and I'll go through them kind of quickly, but yeah. the, the main ones I want to go to. So here in Ohio, I would really like to go to Spring Grove Cemetery. Yes. Um, it's the oldest cemetery here in Ohio. Um, the first interment was in 1845. Um, and it's also just kind of what we've been talking about, a really natural, beautiful place. Um, so I really would like to visit there. Um, I would really like to visit Sleepy Hollow Cemetery in Um, what? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's actually the burial place of Washington Irving, who mm -hmm. is the author of, uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. So I would really like to visit there. It looks beautiful from all of the pictures. And I didn't realize this, but Sleepy Hollow, New York, which I've never been, um, but now really want to go, it leans in all about it. Howard Street Cemetery in Salem. I don't know if you were there at all to um, Massachusetts, but it's the burial site of Giles Corey, where he was pressed. Press yes. Pressed. Yes, we did go there. How was that one? Because that's on my list of places. I Really good. Really good. I forgot about that. Yes. Um, and then the last one is kind of a little um, interesting. One, it is Bachelor's Grove Cemetery in Midlothian, Illinois, near Chicago. Oh. Um, the interesting thing about that one is it was, it's a very small, I think it has like 82 plots or something. Um, very small, tiny cemetery. Um, but it is supposedly one of the most active spirit, like haunted sites. 
um, here in the U.S. is Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. There's some lore around um, a black dog wandering the grounds. There's some lore around a woman, a woman in white haunting the grounds. Um, so I really want to, and it's a, apparently a bit of a hike to get there. So I really want to kind of check that one out eventually. Um, yes, we're going there like tonight. There's also one that didn't make this, but I, I, I would be really interested. Stull Cemetery in oh somewhere in Kansas I believe it's it's widely considered to be one of the most haunted cemeteries it kept popping up and up all over these lists of haunted places in um in the U.S. but it is supposedly a very haunted cemetery would not expect it it's like in Kansas on this very flat piece of land and you wouldn't even know anything when you were driving past it you'd think it was like a memorial park like we were talking about earlier but there are all sorts of legends around the cemetery about how this is a, one of the gates to hell and the devil himself returns to this cemetery every Halloween and all sorts of creepy shit. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So that would be a cool one to visit too. I have family in Kansas. That, uh, that could be a road trip. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. I want your list, but I want to add to your list. Uh, was it Lakeview? Yes, in Cleveland. In Cleveland. I'd really like to add that one. Um, I just, yeah, I want your list. Yeah. <laughs> super, I, I, I'm, I'm super excited. I, I'm, and I'm going to continue to be adding to it, but I would love um, if any of you are avid cemetery um, fans or adventurers or just kind of, you know, researching and getting into it now if you come across any cemeteries you think we should visit please let us know because we are going to make this this is kind of our um, next big thing that we want to do together is go on some cemetery road trip i'm trying to think if there's any other that i wanted to just add um i don't know that it's a cemetery in the traditional sense of the word cemetery but uh you know a lot of the big churches the abbeys the cathedrals have burial uh burials within them and one of the most impressive that i have ever seen uh was westminster abbey in london Mm -hmm. um oh my gosh elizabeth the first bloody mary tudor edward the confessor isaac newton charles dickens jeffrey chaucer I mean, it goes on and on and on that if any of the, any of the big churches and cathedrals, especially, especially in Europe, I mean, they're going to have all the names we studied in school. Um, You know, you wander around the Pantheon in Rome and all of a sudden you turn your head right and there is the burial site of Raphael. What? What? (laughs) I I don't know. It's just, I don't mean to sound obnoxious with, you know, with, country dropping but there are some amazing cemeteries and burials um all over the world yeah let us know let us know your favorite cemeteries let us know what we're missing we are we're ready to go ready to pack up and go (laughs) um so now everybody's favorite segment what the hell have you ever heard of the coffin torpedo (laughs) what no so In the late 1800s, body snatching was a bit of an issue. Um, There was no real um, program in place to get cadavers for medical schools and places like that. 
So instead of, you know, getting them from hospitals and, you know, where, where we have them now set up today, programs to get cadavers for medical research and things like that, um, people would pay folks to go out into graveyards and dig up fresh bodies that were just buried. And those would be our medical cadavers. People were upset. You know, their loved ones were showing up in medical schools and they weren't where they buried them. Um, So in order to combat this practice, a loving local Columbus, Ohioan, an artist by the name of Philip K. Clover, invented a shotgun-like device. (laughs) Okay. Down there, you open the coffin, and this device detonates. Holy shit, that is amazing. So that's number one. So then another Ohio native, uh, this, this guy was from Circleville. His name is Thomas N. Howell. He then decided, well, okay, I'll do you one better than a shotgun. (laughs) I'm going to create a landmine-like device. I'm going to bury it on top of the grave and connect it through wiring to the coffin. And that way, when you dig down and you hit one of the wires, it's going to explode. Holy Hannah. So these two devices were created and advertised. Um, but from everything that I could read, there's not a lot of proof that they were widely purchased because they were super, as you can imagine, super expensive to buy. I bet. Really what they think was happening here is you had uh, some people that were really capitalizing or attempting to capitalize on people's fear that their loved ones would be stolen. And so they created these kind of devices um, to, you know, ease that fear, but also were pricing them at exorbitant amounts. And also it was a little bit much. Um, in fact, everything that I could read was like, you know, if you just had someone who kind of monitored the grave for a couple days, after a couple days, those bodies were no longer useful to the medical community. Hmm. Um, so it, it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't as big of a thing as buying a shotgun. So that is the lovely story of the coffin torpedo. Um, I feel like I want a coffin torpedo. Okay, so mine is completely 100% off topic and asinine. Are you ready? (laughs) So I don't know any more about it than um, a post I found, Um, but apparently there is... uh, a trend in taxidermy right now where these taxidermists are using deer butts to create asquatch asquatches um so some of them i mean they're pretty good but they're using the butt of these deer to create (laughs) rather than a good old sasquatch an asquatch look up asquatch and prepare to laugh. Uh, oh God, there's one where the, the deer butthole is kind of in the middle of the forehead of the Asquatch. Um, it's, I, I don't know what the nose is then. If the butthole's that high, I, I don't want to know what the nose is. Did you see the one where they put like an eye? Glass eye in the butthole? <laughs> <laughs> I think I texted and I'm like, 
when I saw that one and I said, this belongs in the Louvre. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, here's one where the deer butt is clearly upside down and the butthole um, has been made into lips. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Ew. I don't know what that part is, but it looks like maybe the mouth has been made out of the balls. There's something hanging down there that is offending my delicate sensibilities. I don't know what that is. Okay. You heard it here, folks. Ask watches. Look it up. With all that said, thank you again. I know we thanked you once, but we're going to thank you again. And we're going to thank you a million times more um, as we continue to do this. But um, this is, like we said, the finale episode of uh season one the season of us uh, of the horror salon so with this season we hope that you got to know a little bit about us that was our intention we kind of highlighted all of our favorite um things in horror Mm -hmm. um, from movies to literature to places to ideas to concepts we tried to highlight it all highlight everything that we love Mm -hmm. Um, it's not an exhaustive list but it's a list very unique to us um and so we hope you learned a little bit about us um we are going to want to learn more about you more about you we want to continue to do these um and we want to make sure that we're highlighting content that you're interested in mm-hmm. um so please get in touch with us um we're going to be on a little bit of a hiatus planning for our next season um and and we'll kind of let you know what that is at the top of the year um but we're going to be working away at that but that doesn't mean that we don't want to hear from you in that time we certainly do um in fact we definitely do because that helps inform us on what we're planning for you next um so please drop us a line uh at our email it's info at the We'd love to hear from you, be it about cemeteries, be it about any other subject you've heard on our um, podcast, or if it's about something completely and totally new um, that Mm -hmm. you'd like us to talk about. We want to hear from you. Um, We are also going to stay active on our Instagram. We hope you'll follow along. If you are not, we hope that you will start and hope that you recommend us to a friend on there. We are at the Horror Salon, so we'll still be there every day. You'll still be hearing from us there. Yep. Um, And then our website. So we're going to take this time to really build up some of the content we've got going on there. So be sure to check back frequently. Um, That is thehorrorsalon.com. Calm. Yeah. Even if you just send an email that says "Andemic, get your ass in gear and put the content up. Um, and if you wouldn't mind, um, share this podcast, share it with a friend, share it with a family member, a loved one, someone you know who is a fellow horror nerd and might be interested in two horror nerds kind of just gabbing together about all that they love in the realm of horror. We mm-hmm. would love to get them involved. We would love to build this monster community. Um, we hope to do so. So please share um, as you see fit. Um, like, subscribe, comment, all that fun stuff. Wherever you listen to podcasts, all of that helps us. And we would so, so appreciate it if you did. Yes. So, monsters, with that, the candle is out. The Pazuzis are empty. It's definitely empty. I'm the witch. And I'm Andemic. Thank you for joining us for the season finale 
of the horror salon where you curate the strange and unusual until dawn do us part. It's The Witch and Anne Demick. Music for this episode is Rage by the 126ers. Check out our website for show notes and links to some cool extras. Later, nerds.